Happy Monday, listeners. Welcome to episode 12 of the Sneak Preview, our podcast where we follow the current release calendar. I'm Connor Izagari, and today we're discussing the much-anticipated director's cut of Justice League, released this past Thursday on HBO Max. Regrettably, Austin could not be here today, so I've organized a special surprise for y'all. My guest host today is the person partially responsible for my love of comic books and superheroes, direct from Virginia Beach, my father, Tony Izagari. Hey, guys. Um... Uh, I am visiting from out of town, uh, and unfortunately, uh, I am filling in, uh, can't make it tonight, so I'm going to do my best, uh, providing the insight that I have, um, but, you know, I'm happy to be here, I'm going to let my son take it away. <laughs> well, thanks for being here today. Uh, before we get into the Snyder Cut, let's take a look at what happened last week in film. Last week in film. So starting on a bit of a sad note, uh, character actor Yafit Kato has died at 81 years old mm-hmm. from undisclosed reasons. Uh, Kato starred in Alien and was the villain in the Bond film Live and Let Die, among many other roles. He also had a lead role in the crime series Homicide, Life on the Street. He will be missed. Uh, he also played Idi Amin in The Fall of Idi Amin in a, a great biopic in the early 80s. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I'll definitely be checking that the, out. You know, the Ugandan dictator. He was one of my favorite Bond villains of the Moore era. Uh, you know, Mr. Big, Dr. Kananga, this heroin dealer who was trying to monopolize the heroin distribution on the entire planet. I mean, he was a little over the top, but it's, you know, it's the James Bond movies. You kind of expect the villains to be over the top, and I thought he did a great job. So I always love Yafik Kota from uh, Homicide, Life in, the, uh, Homicide uh, Life in the Streets. Yeah. Uh, I was a big fan of that during the 90s, and uh, Yafik Kota played the lieutenant captain, uh, lieutenant. Uh, of the police force, and uh, yeah, uh, a great actor, great actor, yeah, sadie has gone. Yeah, me too. Uh, moving on, the upcoming Marvel Sony flick Venom Let There Be Carnage has been delayed to September 17th, 2021. This one's been on the books for quite a while, it was supposed to come out last fall, and has now been pushed this fall. Um, I thought Venom was a pleasant surprise, I went in thinking it was going to suck, and I thought it was actually pretty cool. Uh, did you get a chance to see Venom? I did not. It's pretty bitching. It got really horrible reviews. Uh, everyone said it was a complete waste of time. The trailer looked terrible. Ended up grossing about $800 million global. $800 million? Yeah, huge success. All from word of mouth from fans. Damn. Tom Hardy was awesome. Riz Ahmed was great as Riot. There's a great tease for Woody Harrelson's Carnage, which I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, I thought for what it was, pretty decent flick. I'm excited for the sequel. Yeah, we'll have to watch that later. Yeah, especially since Andy Serkis is directing it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> is this his first uh, feature film, directing? No, he's done a couple. He did a Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, a couple years ago for Netflix, huh. which wasn't bad. Kind of po- uh, pointless. You know, Disney had just remade the Jungle Book. Okay? Yeah. We didn't need another one. But not bad. Uh, and then he did another movie I don't remember. But he's done a couple. Um, Kate Blanchett has been cast as Donald Trump's sister in the upcoming drama Armageddon Time from writer-director James Gray. Nothing's really known about this film apart from that little tidbit. So, I don't know what this is, what this is gonna be, but Kate Blanchett as... Mary Trump, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm... I, I love Kate Blanchett to death. I think she's a great actress. Phenomenal. So I'm on board, 100%. <laughs> so weird. Martin Freeman has announced he's returning to play Everett Ross in the upcoming Black Panther 2. Uh, pretty expected. Um, this movie is going to be very odd uh, because Chadwick Boseman is not going to be in it, regrettably. 
Uh, and uh, Ryan Coogler has said he's not going to be recasting uh, T'Challa. Instead, the film's going to focus around the supporting cast of Wakanda and kind of the succession of the throne, which could be very interesting. And I'm excited to see this. And um, I'm, I think it's going to be interesting because this movie's going to be building on Chadwick Boseman's legacy, which you know he established in such a short amount of time. And uh, yeah, I'm I, I pretty I was pretty certain Freeman was going to be back. I think everyone's going to be back. Hmm. I've heard rumors Michael B. Jordan might be back as Killmonger, which oh. would rock. So I'm still uh, I'm still way behind. Hmm. I still have to watch Homecoming Spider Man movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah, understandable. You know, I'm a huge super fan with nothing but time. It's, it's so. a lot. Of, it's a lot of movies to watch. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing my best though. I've been on board since the beginning. I've seen them all opening weekend, like opening day. So I'm, <laughs> I'll be there for phase four. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's new musical In the Heights has moved up its release date to June 11th, where it will be debuting in theaters on HBO Max. This is another one that was supposed to come out last year, got pulled. It's now coming out this year. And this looks cute. Uh, I enjoyed Hamilton. I thought it was cool. Uh, really long, but intriguing and uh Lin-Manuel Miranda definitely has some talent and In the Heights looks like it'll be an enjoyable film Mm. Uh, finally and this was freaky actor Army Hammer is currently under investigation for Mm. rape he's been accused by a 24 year old woman of violent rape and physical abuse throughout their four-year relationship the woman known only as Effie has stated quote on April 24th, 2017, Army Hammer violently raped me for over four hours in Los Angeles, during which he repeatedly slapped my head against a wall, bruising my face. He also committed other acts of violence against me to which I did not consent. Hammer is under investigation by the LAPD and has denied the allegations. This is coming fresh off the heels of a lot of weird accusations of cannibalism and like bondage attacks and weird shit. Mm. So Army Hammer is... It's not looking good. He's, in, he's into some weird stuff. Yes, he is. And, and that's okay, uh, as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Yeah. yeah. But he's clearly blurring the line of consent and is getting into some bad shit. So if this is true, wipe him off the face of the earth. I don't want to see him again. Ugh, and it's looking like it's true. Ugh. A lot of smoke. Yes. Oof. Before we get into the Snyder Cut, I do want to talk about the Oscar nominations that were announced last week. Uh, This show airs on Mondays. We record it Sunday nights. Last week's Oscar nominations were announced on Monday, so it was some weird limbo where we'd not get a chance to talk about them. So here they are. Um, I'm sure you all, if you care about the Oscars, have known about this and had an opportunity to kind of mull, mull them over. So here they are. Best Visual Effects, Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, the one and only Ivan, and Tenet. Interesting bunch. Uh, I've not seen Love and Monsters or the one and only Ivan, but I'm fairly certain Tenet's going to take this one. Mm. Uh, as, you know, that film had a lot of story issues, but it visually it's spectacular. So, yeah, bring it on. And uh, I haven't seen any of these films. Yep, <laughs> I'm pretty much solo on this one. <laughs> Best production design, The Father... Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet. Uh, this is interesting, because all of these could really take this. Uh, but personally, I would bet Mank. You know, David Fincher recreating 1940s L.A. 
beautiful. Mm. Best makeup. Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mink, and Pinocchio. An Italian movie where Roberto Benigni gets his shot at redemption after that horrific Pinocchio movie he did back in 2002. Wait a minute, is this a new? New Pinocchio. Huh. Yeah, Italian film, Roberto Benigni's playing Geppetto this time. So, Benigni's in it? Yes. He's a part of this? He's Geppetto. Wow. Weird. This one apparently was critically this... acclaimed. Didn't even hear of it. Yep. I, the first I heard about it was these announcements. Uh, I've seen all but Pinocchio, and I would bet this is probably going to go to Emma. They, or they tend to make... Oh, wait, no, that's costume. No, this is makeup. Probably Hillbilly Elegy. I thought, you know, the, the way they made Glenn Close look, like, you know, Appalachian Grandma, very well done. A lot, a lot of people hated that movie. That movie got, like, four Razzie nominations, too. I don't get it. I thought it was great. Best International Feature Film. Another round from Denmark. Uh, with Maz Mikkelsen. Yeah. Yeah. The Great Dorkin Adventure. Yeah. Better Days from Hong Kong. Collective from Romania. The Man Who Sold His Skin from Tunisia. And Quo Vadis Eda from Bosnia and Herzegovina. I can't say that word. <laughs> Bosnia and Herzegovina. There we go. Thank you. Quo Vidisina. So that's, uh, that's Latin. Okay. So I've heard so much about Another Round. Uh, Austin adored this movie, uh, so I'm rooting for that one. I'm hoping to be able to see it. And either with Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, he's the best. He's awesome. And this is, this is such an interesting story about a group of teachers who just decide to live their lives as as drunks, twenty four seven. Just keep that you know keep the drunk going. That's <laughs> just like me. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> that's so. That's great. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. By the way, I am drinking. Okay. Yeah. Just so you know. Okay. You know, just, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? I don't know. Full disclosure? <laughs> Fair enough. Best film editing, The Father, mm-hmm. Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7. This is probably going to go to Sound of Metal. Uh, music-oriented films tend to take this one if, it, if they're up, and that film very much hinges on you know, editing with the drumming and the music cutting out and all that. Yeah, I would bet. Great movie. Documentary short, Colette, A Concerto is a Conversation, Do Not Split, Hunger Ward, and A Love Song for Latasha. I don't know where, where to find these, and I have nothing to say. <laughs> the short films tend to just... Yeah, it sucks. Uh, best documentary, Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and time. Again, I have not seen any of these films. I did hear about my octopus teacher. Okay. Yeah. How, what is that about? Oh, I forgot. That's it. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I'm not really a documentary guy unless it's really about like film. But you know, if I can, if I can find these, maybe I'll check them out. Mm. Best cinematography: Judas and the Black Messiah by Sean Bobbitt, Mank by Eric Messerschmidt. News of the World by Darius Wolski, Nomadland by Joshua James Richards, and The Trial of the Chicago 7 by really? Faden Papa Michael. Trial of Chicago 7. For cinematography. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. That's a weird pick, I agree. I think maybe Promising Young Woman should have taken that spot. Uh, Trial of the Chicago 7 is a great movie, but... Just not a lot of movies that came out this year, so... It's not, yeah. very, not, it's not filmed in any like, you <laughs> know, stylistic way, yeah. I don't think. Pretty standard? Pretty standard, yeah. That's why... Um, like I said, Slim Pickens is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, Sorkin wasn't up for director for the same reason. Mm. Uh, cinematography. These five films were all great. Uh, I want it to go to Judas and the Black Messiah, but it would pr- it'll probably go to Nomadland. That film was all cinematography. <laughs> Best live action short film, Feeling Through, The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. Mm. Again, have not seen these or heard of these. Yep, likewise. Best animated short film, Burrow, Genius Lucy, If Anything Happens, I Love You, Opera, and Yes People. Mm. Uh, when it comes to animated short, always bet on Disney yeah. if they're there. <laughs> they got a good track record. Yes, they do. Costume design, Emma, Mank, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mulan, and Pinocchio. And as I was saying before, when costume design, bet on the period film, Pinocchio? Emma. Oh. Emma takes this. Because the you know, British uh, upper class films always have very elaborate costumes and they usually take this award. Uh, if not Emma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Hmm, maybe Mulan. Honestly, there's a lot of stiff competition here. Best sound. Ugh, I hate. I, I mentioned this on Oscar Sunday this uh, yesterday. It's been best sound editing and best sound mixing for so long. And before that, it was just best sound editing and best sound, which is so vague and confusing to me. And now they've combined mixing and editing to just be best sound again. <laughs> they should just call it like best sound design. Sounds better to me. Best sound sounds too I vague. I thought there was a category for that. No, it's sound editing and sound mixing, and they combine those into best sound. I don't know. It's probably just me. I just I find it vague and confusing. Well, before you read it off, it sounds obvious to me like it's going to go for the sound of metal. Yeah, probably. I should. Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. Ugh, I'm trying to think of, like, what did these films sound like? And I think, yeah, Sound of Metal will probably take this, considering the film's about, you know, well, from the perspective of a deaf person. The film is about sound. It's about sound. It's about losing sound. It's about Absolutely. finding it again. Yeah. yeah, Smart Money's on Sound of Metal. Best Original Score. The Five Bloods by Terrence Blanchard. Mank by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Minari by Emil Masseri, News of the World by James Newton Howard, and Soul by Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Batiste. No one's taking this away from Soul. <laughs> this is, yeah, that's a that's a hard bet. Yeah, uh, that's Reznor's all day. That movie is all music. It's bouncy. It's sad. It's emotional. It's colorful. It's everything. He goes all over the place with that score. The three of them, beautiful. So yeah, bet your money on that. <laughs> Best original song. Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah, Hear My Voice from The Trial of Chicago 7, Husevik from Eurovision Song Contest, I can't believe that, um, Scene from The Life Ahead, and Speak Now from One Night in Miami. As much as I want Husevik to take this, I'm pretty sure The Life Ahead's going to take this because you know, it won the Globe. It's kind of the, the one that's coming up, you know, the one that the Dark Horse is kind of snaking everything. Mm-hmm. To see Eurovision Song Contest take that win would be so great. <laughs> that song was such a great moment of the movie. It was so powerful and emotionally resonant. It made me cry. Just so personal. I loved it. And I would also want Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah. That's a badass song. I'm surprised Tigress and Tweed from the United States versus Billie Holiday didn't make the cut here. I thought that was great. It was funny. We were just in, uh, we were just in Austin. Yeah. And uh, we drove by that one building. Uh, what street were we on? South Congress. South Congress. And we drove by a building and I saw uh, graffiti that said uh, Billie Holiday 
uh, died in her hospital, handcuffed in her hospital bed. Yeah. That's um, at the end of the film. That's part of the uh, like the final notes that come up. That's a statement from that. It's very fucked up. It was a great movie, but very unsettling. And got almost completely shut out of the Oscars. Mm. Apart from one nomination, which we'll get to. Best Original Screenplay. Judas and the Black Messiah by Will Burson and Shaka King. Minari by Lee Isaac Chung. Promising Young Woman by Emerald Fennell. Sound of Metal by Darius Martyr and Abraham Martyr. And Trial of the Chicago 7 from Aaron Sorkin. Why do you like uh, Promising Young Woman? I did a lot. And I want that to take something. Screenplay's its best bet, but it's going to be really tough to take that away from Sorkin. Mm. Trial of the Chicago 7, tight screenplay. That is a good point. That that's his, point. you know, that's That's his where he place. shines. Yeah. yeah. Sorkin's a writer. I mean, he can direct as long yeah. as he wants, but he is a writer. Sorkin is a writer. Yeah. Mm, beautiful. Uh, see, the thing about this year is because the Pickens were so slim, the competition is so stiff because all of these were really good movies. And it's really anyone's game. It's, it's the, one of the most unpredictable Oscars in years. I love that. Best Adapted Screenplay. <laughs> Borat Subsequent Movie Film by Sasha Baron Cohen, Anthony Hines, Dan Swimer, Peter Bainham, Erica Rivanoia, Dan Mazur, Jenna Friedman, Lee Kern. They're gonna, that's a lot of Oscars for one movie. The Father by Christopher Hampton and Florian Zeller. Nomadland by Chloe Zhao. One Night in Miami by Kemp Powers, and The White Tiger by Raman Barani. Uh, I cannot believe... Borat 2 is in here. I really can't believe that. Uh, screenplay, too. I've, I always thought most, you know, these films were pretty much ad-libbed on the spot. Uh, but I guess not. I guess they're tight enough to warrant a screenplay nomination. Um, this is, in my opinion, probably going to go to The Father, adapted from Florian Zeller's play, uh, Great family story about a man just refusing to accept his mental decline. And uh, Nomadland might take it. I didn't think that story was its biggest strong suit, but it seems, you know, a lot of people seem to disagree with me. Uh, and I have not seen The White Tiger, so don't know. And One Night in Miami was great, too, so that could take it. Best animated film. Onward. Over the Moon. Shaun the Sheep movie. Farmageddon. Soul. And Wolfwalkers. Uh, again, as much as I loved Onward, no one's taken this from Soul. <laughs> this was the animated movie of 2020. So, good luck. Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Maria Bakalova, Borat Subsequent Movie Film. Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman, The Father. Amanda Seyfried, Mank. Yajang Jun, Minari. Uh, a lot of surprises in the acting nominations this year. Uh, Yajang Jun getting nominated for Minari was a surprise. Glenn Close getting up for Hillbilly Elegy, getting an Oscar nomination and a Razzie nomination for the same performance. It doesn't happen very often. Maria Bakalovo getting up for Borat 2 is fantastic. Uh, damn, you know what? I don't know. Uh, I want it to go to Glenn Close. I think she's long overdue for an Oscar. She's been nominated. I think this is her ninth nomination. Never won. She is so good in this movie. But it could go, you know, Olivia Coleman beat her once. Maybe she'll beat her again. And Amanda Seyfried is great in Mank. This, again, you know, this one's anybody's game. I do not know. Best Supporting Actor. Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah. Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. Paul Racy, Sound of Metal. And Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah. So cool to see Lakeith get a nomination here. Very cool. And Paul Racy, he also has been shut out of most of the 
award season, but got an Oscar nomination. So great. And I am pretty sure this is going to go to Daniel Kaluuya, and it should. He was unbelievable as Fred Hampton. Fantastic performance. He should be in the lead actor category. I don't know why he's in supporting. But that one, that is such a powerful film. I recommend checking that one out if you get a chance. Best Actress, Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andrew Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. This is probably the most competitive category in the show. Uh, all five of these performances are fucking gold. <laughs> um, I don't know. I Andrew Day took home the globe. Uh, Frances McDormand is the favorite. Uh, she'd be winning her third Oscar if, the, if she takes it for Nomadland, and that would put her in acting royalty that only you know a few, handful of actors have achieved. But I'm pretty biased. I want this to go to Carrie Mulligan. I thought she was incredible in Promising Young Woman. So we will see. This is, you know, Vanessa Kirby and Viola Davis, they have a chance too. I, it's crazy. This, God, I love the Oscars. You know, this is my Super Bowl. <laughs> Best actor, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins, The Father. Gary Oldman, Mank. And Stephen Yen, The Nari. Ah. Uh, Another very competitive bunch. Chadwick Boseman took home a posthumous globe for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and is the favorite to also take home a posthumous Oscar win. But, you know, Anthony Hopkins was amazing in The Father. Riz Ahmed was amazing in Sound of Metal. Gary Oldman was amazing in Mank. And Stephen Yen was amazing in Minari. It's anybody's game here. It is so cool. We, there is no favorite. Mm. Uh, best director, Thomas Vinterberg for another round. David Fincher for Mink, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. Uh, Thomas Vinterberg kind of came out of nowhere to take uh, a spot that was heavily favored by Regina King for One Night in Miami. Uh, who knows? I think the favorite is Chloe Zhao. She's won pretty much every award in the game for Nomadland so far, so taking the Oscars wouldn't be a shock it would just be, you know, icing on the cake. So we'll see. And best picture. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. All great films. And the favorite is Nomadland. Took home the, the, the globe for best drama. Has been dominating award season. But I think it is the weakest film here. Uh, I think it's a great movie, but the rest of these films are so much better. And that's crazy when, like, the favorite is a, you know, not the best one. Just goes to show it's anybody's anybody's win here. My personal favorite is Promising Young Woman, but that's a long shot. So we'll see. The Oscars are on uh, April 25th, and I can't wait. <laughs> We're going to be planning a special... April 25th, that's your grandfather's birthday. Right on! That's, that's fantastic. Got a lot to celebrate that day. <laughs> uh, we're going to be planning a post-Oscars uh, reaction show for the sneak preview the Monday of that week. And uh, we can't wait. We're counting down the days. <laughs> Very exciting. So, the Snyder Cut. The mythical director's cut of Justice League that fans never thought they were ever going to get. They got. So, Justice League... Came out in 2017, 
was met with critical and fan disdain. The film grossed only $657 million on, only. Its, on its $300 million budget. That's abysmal for a comic book movie these days. Like, just before that, actually, the, the next year was Avengers Infinity War, and that grossed into the billions. Mm. Uh, actually, that same year was Wonder Woman. That also grossed into the billions. <laughs> so, somebody dropped the ball. Fans condemned its sloppy CGI, its tonal issues, and its sloppy storytelling. And admittedly, Justice League, the original version, has not aged well. It's really forgettable. And when a movie about the most famous superheroes in pop culture history uniting is forgettable, somebody messed up. Bad. Um, admittedly, I, I kind of liked it when I first saw it. But in subsequent viewings, it has gotten worse. Yeah. Well, I, I remember we saw the movie theater and... Uh, you know, as a lifelong DC fan, mm. it, it was finally exciting to see, you know, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, The Flash, Cyborg on the big screen. Yeah. Um, but you're right, it has, has not aged well. No. Um, I feel like a slapdash, haphazard film. Uh, try to cram in something for everyone. Yeah. And as a result, no one got anything. Yeah. It, it was trash. Yes, it did. Um, I thought that the choice of Steppenwolf as the villain was already weird. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, Steppenwolf, not a dark side, not a, uh, not a franchise villain. No. You know? Yeah. For, for casual fans, mm-hmm. even for hardcore fans, uh, Steppenwolf, who, who the hell is that? Yeah. It was a weird choice. I mean, the giant catalog of DC villains that the Justice League have gone up against. And to tease dark side. Yeah. Uh, you know, not even visually, just, you know, Reference him in the script. Uh, just a poor choice. A very poor choice. Yeah, I mean, Desaad, I think, would have been better. Like, you know, ha- the way the, the... We barely got Desaad. We got... What did we get? In the original copy, it was just Steppenwolf. Yeah. It was only Steppenwolf and the Parademons. And like a cameo from Lex at the end. But, you know, Brainiac would have been an interesting uh, choice. Yeah. Um, Mongol. Uh, I don't know. You know, save Doomsday for that movie. And it made no sense for Steppenwolf to tease Apocalypse. The plan of Apocalypse in the first one. Yeah. Without Darkseid. Yeah. Absolutely no sense at all. Like, Darkseid would ever send, and you know, just one guy to go conquer a world for him. He's the conqueror. He, I don't know. And then what the hell happened to Cyborg? Yeah. He, Completely he, marginalized. He got sidelined. He got benched. I mean, I, I, we got nothing in the original from Cyborg. And he, and he was trying to be so so pivotal and critical no. in, in the Snyder Cut. Well, my biggest issue really with the original is how creepy they made Steppenwolf. Like the whole, yeah. you know, the whole mother thing. Like, yeah, what was that? was that? weird. That was weird. And they, they, like, they messed with Kieran Hines' voice work, so he sounded, like, less threatening. Yeah. I, I, no, Steppenwolf in the Snyder Cut is, is terrifying. Like he's his his motivations make sense. He looks great. His motivation is clear. He's threatening. He kills a lot extremely of people. Threatening, extremely threatening. And yeah, he he is threatening. He he um, he's a plausible villain. Yeah, plausible antagonist. Yeah, like you you really you feel like Stephen will fuck your world up. Yeah, in this movie, he's a herald of Darkseid. Yeah. He's here to make ready Darkseid's arrival. Exactly, and you feel that. Yeah, he's been exiled from his homeland, and he's doing this. Well, he's he, collecting he, the mother boxes to go home. He's seeking redemption. Yeah. Redemption from for his past most, failures, the most dangerous conqueror in the yeah. galaxy, and they make that very. Clear. But you don't get that in the original cut no. at all. His yeah. motivation is completely unclear. You have no idea what he's fighting for, except for his desire to conquer. Yeah, which is you know generic 
uh, generic motivation for every villain. Yeah. You know, it's, it's lame. It's poor storytelling. Yeah, it's shitty. Ugh. So the reason for Justice League ending up the way it did in 2017 was that Zack Snyder was forced to leave the production after his daughter Autumn committed suicide, which is horrib- horrible and tragic. Avengers director Joss Whedon was brought in to finish the production, and he reshot almost everything, added a lot of unnecessary humor, and released an unfinished mess. The CGI looks completely half-assed. You got that weird lip thing with Superman because Henry Cavill couldn't shave his... So I feel like Joss Whedon came in and and tried to turn it into a Marvel film. Yes, very much so. Like, that's what happened. You know, uh, with the levity, the jokes, the wisecracking, you know, uh, that's what it felt like to me. It didn't land though. It didn't. No, make nothing landed. Yeah, because the tone uh, was just the tone was so off. But yeah. I think part of that is Zack Snyder's fault for the way he established the tone with mm-hmm. Man of Steel, because Superman's not supposed to be Batman. He's not a brooding, sad sack. No, he's, he's, he's a, the optimist. He's a beacon of hope. Yeah, of light. And I don't think he understood that because in yeah. both in Batman, Superman, and Man of Steel. Superman is, you know, a dark, brooding, yeah. resentful character. It's really uh, weird. He's got a lot of angst. Yeah. A and lot of angst. And Superman is, you know, a Kansas farm boy who wants yeah. to save people. That's the whole point of his character. Except he couldn't save his father. Yeah, but that never... Which is not part of the original canon. No, that came from the Christopher Reeve movie, but it made sense in Christopher Reeve's yeah. version. It was yeah. a heart attack. Right. He couldn't stop a heart attack, but he can save his in dad fact, from a tornado. <laughs> He couldn't. He couldn't save his dad. His dad ran out under a bridge during a tornado. Yeah, it made no sense. It made it made his made his the, the, the most powerful man on earth stand by, so he didn't yeah. uh, give away his, his. What the hell? Yeah, that makes no sense at all. I have so many issues with Man of Steel. Yeah, it's, it is a good film. I, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. Mm. Um, no, but you know, as canon, as an establishment film for yeah. a decent for a universe, it sets a very sad, un, like. You know, not fun tone. Mm. And the whole... So you end up with a traumatized Superman. Yeah. That is carrying that around with him. Mm-hmm. As he tries to save the world. But then in Batman versus Superman, he never overcomes that. There's yeah. never, like, a moment where he's like, maybe I can be a beacon of hope. It's just that the whole time. Uh-huh. And his, his death doesn't seem earned. You've only been with him for one movie. So he's got the death of his whole race on his shoulders. You know, uh, you know the death, the, the destructive Krypton. Yeah, the death of his, of his adopted father. Yeah, so he keeps carrying all this trauma with him, mm-hmm. and never deals with it. Yeah, it never deals with it. You've got a world who hates him. Yeah, Batman versus Superman. Everyone hates Superman for yeah. being practically a god who's unchecked, and that's a cool direction to go in. But, but it's never fully explored. Exactly as to why they hate him. Yeah, almost. Yeah, I mean, never they any... state he's a god amongst men, but he, he doesn't. Demonstrate that. Mm. Everything he's done is he's he's being selfless. Everything he does is to to save others. Yeah. And to be selfless. Uh, but then, you know, all of a sudden everyone hates Superman. Yeah. And then on top of that, we're we meet a Batman who's like 30 years into the business and yeah. is like already disillusioned. He's already lost Robin to the Joker. He's already like started killing people. There's no build up to this guy either. Yeah. Everyone's just there. There's no connection to anybody. You know, I think the, the thing I hated the most was the Superman-Lois Lane relationship. That was done so terribly. A, we never even really see Clark Kent in Man of Steel. He just shows up at the end of, with glasses on. We, Clark Kent doesn't seem like a real person in you this know, universe. I was okay with that, though. 
especially with the way the direction the DC Marvel uh, comics took in the late '90s, uh, where you know uh, Superman, you know, introduced, uh, showed everyone who he was. He gave up his identity to the rest of the world, and so from the '90s on, the uh, the Superman DC comics operated under the premise that everyone knew who he was, anyways, uh-huh. which I was okay with because everyone knew who Clark Kent is. You know, um, right. do we need another Superman movie starting from the beginning? Going through the whole origin story. No, we don't. We know we can pick up, and I think it's actually more intriguing in a world where everyone knows Clark Kent is Superman. Yeah, but the movie already gives us the origin story. We're already yeah. at the beginning of Superman. But not with Justice League, though. Not with Justice League. But like yeah. backtracking. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I just I think the movie could have movie could have easily picked up, you know, where it was just everyone already knows who he is. It could have, yeah, easily. You know, because mm-hmm. I mean who doesn't know who Clark Kent is? Come on. It's at least in the Man of Steel, like in we don't universe, need any more origin stories like that. He's not even trying to hide it. Like no. at least when Christopher Reeve did it, you know, it wasn't just glasses; yeah. it was the hair, it was the hunch. Well, do you ever hear the, uh, you ever hear the, the theory that uh, Superman uh, has a way of inducing facial amnesia on people? Oh, so that's that's how they don't recognize him when he yeah. puts glasses on, even though he looks completely exactly the same. It's because he has a way to force some sort of a hypnosis, facial amnesia on people. Yeah. Um, There's this moment in Superman 2 where Lois finally figures it out and tricks yeah. Clark into revealing who he is. When she jumps out through Niagara Falls. Yeah. Well, there's that and then like where she shoots him with blanks. Oh, that's right, yeah. And he, you just see Clark Kent like straighten up. Yeah. And it's like, that's Superman. Yeah, that's that was, cool. That was great. That is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. When, uh, yeah, when, when you see, uh, yeah, Christopher Reeve. Yeah. <laughs> He's like... Mm. Oh man, yeah. I think he's straight. You know, yeah. Because for for um, Christopher Reeve in, in the Superman movies, you know, always had this kind of hunched, submissive posture. Yeah, uh, he was he, this goofy guy. He could right, ne- he can never do anything. But you're right. In Superman two, when it when it's the full reveal, he stands up straight, and it, well, it's a testament to his acting. Yeah, exactly. You know, Christopher Reeve just through a few, just through straight, straightening his posture. Yeah, you know, <laughs> changed who he was and yeah. made you believe. You know that you know what he was doing. Yeah, he's Superman now. Yeah, he's Superman. God that was damn it. That was great. I th- I think Superman two is yet to yeah. be topped. I think yeah. it's the the greatest super mo- Superman movie yet. And um, actually, that brings me to back to Man of Steel. Michael Shannon as General Zod. I Phenomenal. feel he was great. I just I feel like he he wasn't utilized enough. Like I would. I don't so think they should have killed him. I think maybe brought him back in some capacity. I don't know. I didn't like that they kind of morphed him into, into Doomsday. Yeah, I thought that was goofy. So I hear what you're saying. He kind of filled the generic role of the uh, megalomaniacal uh, yeah. uh, antagonist, which, in his own right, had a lot to offer as a character. Yeah, his I like his whole idea of you know he just wants a home for his yeah, people. especially Michael Shannon. Is he actually come on? You gotta, Michael you, Shannon's you gotta, the bomb. You, you have to explore that. Yeah, I love Michael Shannon. He didn't say he didn't say Neil before Zod. No, he did not. He I didn't. wanted that. Yeah. I was waiting the whole movie for that, and he never said that. But he was phenomenal. Yeah. Ah, so one of my favorite you know scenes of any Superman movie is when uh, Superman two, you know, when Zod and all of them come out of the Forbidden Zone and they're fighting in the Midwest town. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. On planet Houston. Yeah, planet Houston. <laughs> Take me to your leader, Houston. Oh, my favorite. One of my favorite moments is when Zod confronts the president. And the president kneels and he, he mutters under his breath, oh God. And Zod goes, no, it's Zod. Yeah, no, like it's corrects Zod. him. Uh, <laughs> Columbus, uh, Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp was fucking awesome. Always awesome. He's, every, <laughs> he's awesome in everything he does. I love that guy. Oh. 
But yeah, I just think, you know, the Man of Steel, that universe, like Man of Steel, Batman, Superman, Justice League is a trilogy that makes no sense. Yeah. It, nothing feels earned. They, it's like they're coasting off of previous successes with the comics and other movies. That they expect you to just know who these people are and accept the like the legacy without establishing one of their own. And mm-hmm. I don't like that. Well, you know, one thing that you know, obviously, everyone knows Marvel did was you know setting up these these standalone films to, yeah. to introduce their characters. Yeah. Um, because Marvel didn't assume you knew who these guys were. Mm-hmm. Marvel didn't assume that you knew who these people were. Most because most of us didn't. They right. were B list characters. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, DC assumed. You know, they went in with the assumption that you're going to know who Aquaman is, what he does, what the Flash is, who he does, you know, Cyborg, all that. Yeah. You know, instead of, you know, their standalone movies, you know, they didn't follow the same strategy. They didn't. So they assumed you had to go in knowing, and if you didn't know, you're lost. Yeah. Even as a casual comic fan. I agree. You know, I, I'm a huge comic books fan. I'm a huge DC fan. Like what they did with Cyborg. Yeah, I didn't really and know much about Cyborg. Feels criminal. So, so I, I grew up watching, you know, reading uh, Teen Titans. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite book, comic books. Uh, so I knew what Cyborg was. You know, mm-hmm. I knew what it was capable of. Yeah. Um, and then I go see this film uh, in the original. And what, what do you get? Twelve minutes of screen time? <laughs> Pretty much. When he is integral to the plot, you know, he is basically a, a, a techno god. Yeah. He can plug into, uh, you know, uh, the global internet. Anything. Anything he wants. Yeah. And he's so critical and he's so powerful. But I guess he pissed Whedon off. He so did, yeah. He had like 10 minutes screen time in the original. That's another thing I want to bring up. And that was criminal. Because, yeah. what, what was the actor's name? Ray Fisher. Great actor. I don't know. what I haven't seen him in anything else. I don't know what This was did. kind of it for him. Like, this was his big break, really. I was so, I was so impressed with his acting. Yeah. So impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, with his emotion, his, you know, the, the way he emoted on screen, what he brought to the cyborg character. You know, it, as as being fully CGI, yeah. You know, it basically he just acted with his face, you know, for the character. But I was so impressed. Well, the, and it seemed criminal that he didn't, you know. Yeah, he um, the, earlier uh, last year, uh, Joss Whedon came under fire for allegations of abuse, right? And well, Ray Fisher started poor behavior. You know, Ray Fisher came out and said that Joss Whedon called him out on created a toxic environment on set, and he was a he was a bastard. And Warner Brothers backed Joss Whedon mm-hmm. and pretty much exiled. So you Ray gotta Fisher. wonder if that had anything to do with it. Probably, yeah. With his limited screen time, I bet. Because in the Snyder Cut, he's incredibly he is crucial in, to the plot. He is integral to the plot. Yeah. I, if, I mean, I I would say he gets the most screen time out of anybody besides Batman. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we get to see his because whole origin so, because he is so crucial to what happens. He's created from the mother box. Yeah. And he can. I mean, yeah. how do you? How is that not in the original film? It's crazy. It really is crazy. He is created from one of the mother box. Yeah. I don't remember if that's in the original film or not, but... It was, but it was like casually mentioned and yeah, never brought up again. it should have been... I mean, that's a huge <laughs> plot point. Yeah. Um, Massive plot point. Whedon has since kind of gone underground yeah. after the um, Charisma Carpenter from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel came out in Ray Fisher's defense, and then the entire cast of both those shows came out in her defense. Pretty ugly. So Joss Whedon's career is pretty much over, and yeah. his you know allegations are probably true. And Ray Fisher, meanwhile, his his big reward was he got cut let's, from the Flash movie. Let's not get sued. We don't know if it's true. I said probably. Probably might <laughs> allegedly be true. Allegedly, we true. have no idea. Yeah. But Ray Fisher, in response to all of this, was cut from the upcoming Flash movie. Oh, was he? Yeah. 
Damn. So his career's over regardless of Fisher's whether or not career's he, over? Fisher's done? When I, or in, at least with DC. That is a damn shame. Because I really thought I really felt with the, with the center cut. Yeah. He was one of the highlights. Yeah. A lot of people really did. felt like he, he yeah, he he I think he made that movie for me. Yeah. It was fine acting, you know. Uh, well he's um he was gonna be in the flash, he's been cut from that, and then DC has said they're not gonna recast the character, oh so the character's goodness. been shelved. That is mm. yeah, what a waste of potential. What a waste. Oh. Um, so Whedon's cut ended up being a lot more humorous, weirdly, um, trimmed down substantially and really kind of fruitless. So like, there was um, a lot of the humor was uh, excised left out of, of the center cut, which I, I'm okay with. Yeah. You know, um, I like the tone that he set. You know, for the film, mm-hmm. um, I, I got to admit, one of my favorite scenes was a uh, uh, Wonder Woman in the bank, whatever that was. That was cool, man. That was that cool. was badass. Yeah, and that scene was in the original cut, but like trimmed down and rescored. Oh, uh, yeah, that, the extended scene. Mm-hmm. So much better. She's badass with the, with the gauntlets, just blocking everything. That and one thing I, I absolutely loved with the Snyder Cut is how much they used her theme. Yes. Like whenever she yes. showed up, yeah. like shit got ramped up she and you're like, the, oh she's, shit, she's, it's Wonder Woman. She's, she's, got, one of the, she's got a badass yeah. theme. I was like, she's about to fuck shit up. Yeah, oh, and she did. <laughs> oh, she did. She fucked shit up. <laughs> it was brutal. That's nothing. I, I, I didn't, I, I knew what was going in was an R-rated movie. I, I did not expect the brutality. No. Uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, it was, you know, well-deserved. Mm-hmm. My word. So, after Justice League came out, everyone was like, what was that? Yeah. And Disappointing. Despite Zack Snyder, in my opinion, dropping the ball for Batman v Superman, the fans were like, hey, where's the Snyder Cut? Uh-huh. Where's his movie? And for years, they, people were saying, you know, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. This was a huge movement. And then when, when uh, HBO Max rolled out, uh, they made a deal with Warner Brothers to actually use this Snyder Cut as a way to promote the service. And here we are with a four-hour cut of Justice League that is infinitely better. Infinitely better, but I feel like um, somewhere in that four-hour cut, there's a two-and-a-half-hour cut, maybe a three-hour cut, that is more bro- that could be more broadly aimed to a larger audience. I agree. I agree. Don't be wrong. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. I will watch it again. Yeah. It's for fans. Yes. But... Somewhere in there is a is a two and a half three hour cut that is accessible to non fans mm-hmm. and fans alike. Yeah, um, yeah, they could appeal to everyone. But I mean, you, easy, you could just watch it in the six parts, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back in you know twenty seventeen, if the tragedy did not happen and Zack Snyder had been yeah. had remained on set, well, I wonder what the film would have looked like. They never would have let him release a four hour cut, so we would have had to make cuts somewhere. Well, maybe. You know, um, his original plan for multiple sequels, right? Yeah, this was supposed to be a two-parter. Mm. You think it would have given it to him? It might have, depending on the success of part one. Because mm. the the reason, you know, after Justice League uh, failed at the box office, DC's whole plan was changed. But I feel he would have had to make some compromises Yeah, that, you know, uh, would have been readily apparent in this film. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I love the Snyder Cut. It is great. I absolutely love it. It's the only version of this film I'm ever going to watch. Four hours feel like one and a half. Yeah, I love when a long movie doesn't feel long. No, that's a that's a mark of a great film. Yeah, it was really, um, and it it was you know it was indulgent for comic fans. Yes, yeah, you know which I loved. We got to see we got we had to see Martian Manhunter. Yeah, Green Arrow. 
Uh, Green Lantern. Green sorry. Lantern, yeah. Uh, we saw uh, Zeus and Ares. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, we saw a lot. Dark Side's Dark- Entourage. Badass. Uh, Joker. Yes. <laughs> we we got you know what yeah. we this was a this was a love letter slash apology. Yeah, that's what it was. And it's a shame that it's not going to go anywhere else, you know any further. I I don't know. I mean, this is blowing up. Maybe Warner Brothers will realize, hey, maybe there is something left here. But in the COVID age, is it worth it for them to, you know, invest in a franchise? I don't know. I mean, that's only going to air on HBO Plus. They're, you know, they're betting heavily on the Batman, yeah, and they're true. ramping up production on the Flash. That is true. Um, so DC's not like done. They just yeah. they've kind of rebranded almost. They know that um, they can't do an interconnected. St- Story universe like Marvel can, so they're focusing on individual. But they can though; it's all there. I know. It's just do it. It's ridiculously easy to pull this off. What the fuck? It's all there for you. Just do it. Yeah, I don't get it. They have the most recognizable comic book characters on the planet, and they fuck. You got Superman. You got Batman. You got Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, which you didn't get used. But you know, you got Cyborg. Yeah. Uh, You know, unbelievable. Just a (laughs) waste. A waste. DC always does this. They do. They really do. They're like a circular firing squad. They just fucking shoot <laughs> themselves in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. You know, when they could be making money. They could, yeah. It's, it's For example, Swamp Thing. Yeah. So the Swamp Thing, which, uh, you know, incredible body horror, which uh, is a great concept for a character. What they do? They filmed 13 episodes, didn't air them, and they canceled it. Mm. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Total waste. Swamp Thing is a phenomenal character. He has the power of nature itself. It's, yeah. It, and you're just going <laughs> to film 13 episodes and cancel it without even airing it? <laughs> I don't and know. And by all respects, by all accounts, uh, the critical, uh, critically acclaimed, every, every, all the reviews of it were fantastic. I mean, I don't understand these guys. I don't know what they're doing. Movies and TV. The only place they know what they're doing is in their animated film. That's the yeah. only place. The, the team behind those, blowing it out of the park. Like so out ne- of the water. Every time. Yeah. So Netflix has this, uh, they have the Sandman uh, series coming out. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is going to be, you know, helmed and written by Neil Gaiman from the beginning. Which one of my, you know, uh, early young kid collecting comics. Uh, all, I was huge on the Vertigo line. Uh, uh, Sandman. Hellblazer, uh, you know, all the Vertigo, uh, Wasteland, that whole Vertigo line. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it, I, I'm surprised it took this long, you know, to harness that, to harness that, uh, to tap that, those, those, uh, those stories. Because yeah. they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. I'm sure they tried in 2005 with Constantine, the Keanu Reeves movie, but... Yeah, they fucked that up didn't, too. Didn't work out. Yeah. There's been so many... It was fo- close. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. It's but it's been kind of reclaimed by fans over the past yeah. few years. Uh, Keanu wants to do a sequel. Peter Stormare kind of teased that they are. Yep. But there have been so many false starts. I just with don't DC. understand what DC does. So many since the eighties, man. Like right. they've just been trying almost for so long. Just I don't know. You get the occasional success, like the, the like the Nolan trilogy, but most of the time it's just these. Do failures. they have a singular head of their uh, a, a film production? Uh, no, the guy keeps changing. Like it, it, I think it's Jeff Johns now. And you'd think he'd be the guy to, to go. Jeff John's the, 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 the comic writer. Yeah, you'd think he'd be the guy. But under him, you know, I think Aquaman, Birds of Prey, Shazam. Which I loved. I love Birds of Prey. All three of those I love were good. I love those. Those yeah. were great. They were, uh, they definitely captured the spirit of, of the characters. Yeah, for sure. You know, 
uh, as standalone uh, movie. Fantastic. I loved it. I don't really get this DC, like, you know, they did it with Suicide Squad and with Birds of Prey, this, like, want to make Harley Quinn a hero. I don't understand that. Yeah. She's yeah. crazy. She's well, a- she's marketable. That's true. That's true. She's marketable. Mm-hmm. Sexy and marketable. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I don't blame the executives for trying to build a franchise out of her, around her. But I will, I will love, I will love to see the darker side of her psyche explored. Well, there's so few, like characters that people like. There are barely in these yeah. movies. They got to pick somebody. I mean, other than the big four, who yeah. do you have? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to look at you know failure to market, I mean, look at look at what happened with Jared Leto. I mean, Suicide Squad, pretty bad you know, failure. I was not. Um, I thought his take. This might be controversial. <laughs> I thought his take on the Joker was kind of cool. Mm. If you, you know, if you go with the theory that it was, you know, uh, Jason Todd. Yeah. Not Jason Todd. Yeah, Jason Todd. Well, Jason Todd, yeah. That it was Jason Todd who became the Joker. I mean, that, that that's a phenomenal line of... Uh, that's a great idea, yeah. but they definitely didn't do but that. They didn't go with it. I don't... Yeah. Why the... F- well, Suicide Squad, I mean, already you cast a, an Oscar-winning actor yeah. like Jared Leto, who yeah. I've really come to respect as a performer in the past couple of years. I liked his Joker. I liked his take on it. But we don't get enough Joker to make an opinion. Yeah, we didn't get, we didn't get a whole lot. Our bad yeah. guy is the enchantress and, like, the weird creature yeah. she makes, and that was a fucking disaster. And, you know, there are there were a lot of really cool Justice League properties that came out in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you had Justice League, you know, the Justice League. Um, but then you had um, some side comics, like Justice League Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had again, you know, guys like Booster Gold, Guy Gardner, yeah. um, the Blue Beetle, you know, uh, and uh, even I think Marsha Manor was there that were, uh, you know, part of this Justice League set in Europe. And then before that, there was just the West Coast Justice League. Uh, and then there was Justice League. I'm, thinking of, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the West Coast Adventures. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, but there was Justice League Europe. And that was a great comic. Yeah. It was funny, it was lighthearted. Um, and, his, and it gave a, a showcase to guys like the Blue Beetle, to Guy Gardner, yeah. uh, to Booster Gold, to um, Huntress, to a bunch of other people that, you know. See, that's why I adore Justice League Unlimited, the yeah, cartoon. Yeah. That was the greatest. Well, that was, you know, that, that was, you know, uh, the genesis of that was Justice League Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those, you know, early, mid-90s, early, two, yeah, early 90s uh, Justice League spinoffs that were happening. Yeah. Um, they didn't take themselves very seriously. Yeah, but you know, but uh, you know, were had great artist, uh, Jim, uh, great writing, uh, but it didn't take itself you know very seriously. Well, that cartoon guy, it gave everyone a chance to shine. Yeah, it gave yeah. all these kind of B list characters. Tornado. Yeah. Uh, like there's this one episode where General Wade Eiling takes this like super soldier serum and becomes like a Hulk like character because he's tired of losing to the Justice League, and most of the Justice League are off world fighting some bigger threat so vigilante stripe and yet star girl and, and shining knight and yet guys have the question yeah oh, they I mean, all go yeah. in and fight this guy and they lose but the people are like hey you tried to save us so we're gonna save you like it was it was a great moment there's an episode where brewster gold saves the world and no one yeah, believes him yeah yeah nobody yeah like <laughs> it was cool to have didn't those get, get his props. question like uncovering the whole cadmus thing yeah. like that was brilliant one of my one of my um uh, one of my favorite comics in the early '90s uh, was the question. Yeah, which was part of the. Um, I don't. I don't remember if it was part of the vertical line, but it was. It was his own thing. Uh, a great comic. A great comic. Love the. Uh, love the question. Um, and then you'd have Huntress. Uh, you had some really cool, 
you know, comics that came out in the 90s that just kind of fell to the wayside. They weren't making money. Um, but DC, they don't gamble like Marvel does. You yeah. know, Marvel made Guardians of the Galaxy a billion-dollar success. These, yeah. you know, a film, a comic about a talking raccoon in a tree yeah. that worked. Yeah. But DC, you know, if it's not Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman, they're not going to bank on it. They have it. so many characters. Yeah. So much material to work with. I know. But I will say that Jared Leto's Joker, for me, was a little bit redeemed in his one scene in the Snyder Cut. True. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. That That's the Joker I was expecting. Not, you know, not all the stupid-ass tattoos, the grill, the pimp coat. I don't need that. I was okay with that, though. No. <sighs> no. I was okay with that. Well, we are going to get you a know, new interpretation. You know, it was a yeah. different interpretation. We still got James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie to look forward to. That's um, true. I've heard the villain might be Starro, the the conqueror. Who's that? The giant like starfish alien, you know, that like populates like little starfishes to control people's minds. He's a weird villain, no, but know. James Gunn does great with weird. So I don't know. I, that's what I've heard. I don't know. There's nothing confirmed. Maxwell Lord, another great character. See, he was ru- he was completely ruined in Wonder Woman two. Oh, was he? Yo, he was the bad guy. I didn't see it, and it was terrible. Ugh. Great casting, Pedro Pascal. I love, but his Maxwell Lord was so cheesy, and kind of like his motivations didn't make any sense. What about the Huntress? I would love to see a Huntress movie. Oh, that that'd be great. I mean, incredible. Just like uh, just like uh, for years, for years, I would lobby, uh, just to myself. I didn't write anybody uh, <laughs> about a Moon Knight movie. You know, and now it's happening. That's coming, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another great character. Well, we got a little Huntress and Birds Batman of Prey. Batman for Marvel, but you know, hey. They, they rip each other off all the exactly. time. Exactly. You know, they've yeah. back and forth for years. Who is Thanos but a dark side oh, rip-off? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Who's Deathstroke, Deadshot, uh, Dead everything? Deadpool, yeah. Right? <laughs> but, you know, we got some Huntress and Birds of Prey. Mary Elizabeth Winston. Yeah, we a little bit. Okay job. I really like Birds of Prey. That was really cool. That was fun. I, yeah. That was a lot of fun. And I think the reason why is because DC kind of just, you know, took their mitts off it and just let the director do what he wanted. Just do it, man. Yeah. I don't know. They they do this every time. Yeah, they fuck it up. <laughs> so let's go through the cast of, the, right. of the Snyder Cut and really kind of the DCEU as a whole. Well, let's do it. So we got Ben Affleck as Batman. So hated it uh, originally. Grew on me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when that news came out, I was pissed. I was like, really? Yeah. Of all the people, I think Josh Brolin was in ta- like in the running. That would have been. And cool. I was like, "That's cool," uh-huh. but then they went with Affleck. And you know, like, okay, I, you know, ended up digging it. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was a great Batman. Yeah, yeah. but got he's got the to guns. He's got the guns. He looks the most like Bruce Wayne yeah. than any yeah. actor yeah. who's yeah, ever I, lived. I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> and he's you know he's got the he's got the you know oh he got cut yeah. up yeah, for he, that. He's movie. got the guns for it. Yeah, he had the body, the suit. Like I liked. It. I would have loved to. We need his protein. <laughs> That scene in the Batman Superman where he's like, you know, lifting the tire, he's doing that work. Yeah, that's cool shit. I I believed he could, I don't know if you know, beat Superman, but he he could fight him. Yes, <laughs> believable. Yeah, because he's smarter than Superman. Because Superman's a big, uh, stupid hunk. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think Affleck could have been great. He just got shit material to work with. Yeah. And his like he was gonna you know write and direct his own Batman movie. Yeah, what happened with it? He got tired of waiting and just got tired of having to keep up. You know, he got tired of the fan hate and just didn't want to deal with that anymore. Um, playing, playing Batman messed with him mentally. He had to go into rehab. He got got. Uh, well, that sounds like bullshit to me. <laughs> you had to go to rehab for being a famous Hollywood. Uh, uh, well, not so much playing Batman, but the fan. The get, fans kind of attacking. Oh, so know. he so he got he got butthurt by. Uh, fucking fan mail. 
I don't know. I don't know this whole, whole story. I just know that he played Batman. He became an alcoholic. He went to rehab. He found his way back. I think he was probably an alcoholic before he played Batman. Well, yeah, I think he relapsed. And then also, you know, he got divorced. Like, yeah, a lot of bad yeah, shit yeah, happened yeah. all at once. Yeah, get out of here. I'm defending him. Get I like Ben Affleck. I like him, too. I thought he was great. But come on, don't make me feel sorry for you. Because <laughs> you got paid $80 million to play Batman and, mm-hmm. you know, got your heart broken. Not get sued again. Well, you know, hey, <laughs> I don't want to get busted for slander. Just don't try to make me feel too bad for Ben Affleck. All right, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I have Come a soft on, spot man. for these guys. Come on, but he ended up backing out of the project, and Matt Reeves joined it and rebooted, and now we're getting the Pattinson movie, which looks great. It does. I'm excited does. for that. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested. I would love. To see, hey, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see Ben Affleck reprise his role as Batman. He is going. I to. would love to see another Batman movie with Affleck. We're getting. We're I liked, sort of I liked getting. It. I liked him. I liked his. I liked it. Yeah, he's going to be appearing in the Flash movie alongside Michael Keaton's Batman. Oh, yes, yes, And yes. that's going to be insane. Right. I can't wait for that. But that'll be Affleck's last one. Yeah. Uh, well, that, you know, yeah. Uh, Henry Cavill, Superman. Yeah, to me, he's Superman. He, he's good. Yeah. He looks the part. I believe it. I just think this, the I'm way... All, Super- I'm all in. I'm all in. The way Superman is written in these films, I do not like. Yeah, one-dimensional as hell. Extremely one-dimensional. They completely cut out the optimistic part of his personality yeah, and made yeah. him like an alien. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you know, he's... Well, I mean, I don't think that was... I, I think that was a pretty cool approach. Mm. And what grounded him was, you know, Lois Lane. But that's never that, never... that was never it. What grounded him was being raised by the Kents. That's true, that's true. He yeah. was a Kansas farm boy who happened to be an immortal yeah, god. Yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> and that's what made Superman so believable and yeah, relatable. Yeah, so you're right. You know, you're absolutely right. So they made him... Um, they made him feel an alien... Mm-hmm. When Ken Clark, Clark Clint always felt he was human. Clark Clint. Well, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Full disclosure, I'm drinking. Um, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Clark Kent always felt he was human. Yeah. Portraying an alien in Superman. Well, I always thought, you know, David Carradine said it best in Kill Bill that for Superman, Clark Kent is the mask. Yeah. Superman is who he is. Is it though? Yeah, I think so. You know, Clark Kent is kind of the way he is, you know, portrays himself in humanity. It's the way he views humanity. You don't think he views himself as a Clark Kent? Not in this universe, no. Mm. Yeah, okay. But I feel in the comic book and I feel in like in, in, the, in the Christopher Reeves movies, yeah. Clark Kent is who he is. That's his identity. Mm. And he begrudgingly becomes a Superman. He begrudgingly becomes protector of the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But Clark Kent is who he is. Yeah. You know, because that his Ma Kent, his Pa Kent, that's his parents. I agree. That's who he is. I just think in this new one, all that was kind of sidelined. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in Batman Superman, he's talking, you know, he just, everything just exploded at Congress and yeah. he's like, what do I do now? He goes to talk to mom and mom literally tells him like, be their hero or don't. Yeah. You don't owe these people a damn thing. I don't remember anything about, that, that, how many, what, that four years ago? 26, that was five years ago. Yeah, that's, I don't remember anything about the anymore. But that is not the kind of advice that Kent would ever no. give Superman. I mean, Jonathan tells, you know, when after uh, Man of Steel, when Clark saves the kids on the bus, he, you know, Jonathan's kind of scolding him for letting his powers out and Clark says like, should I have let them die? And he's like, maybe. That's, no. Stupid. Yeah. They raised him that's to not be, what. That's not what, uh, yeah, that's not what they would have said to him in the comic. They raised him to be a hero. They yeah. raised him to, you know, They raised him to be Clark Kent. Yeah. They, they raised him to be Clark. Mm-hmm. Who happens to have these powers of Superman. Yeah, exactly. That's what separates him from the rest yeah, of the Kryptonians. He's not a, he, doesn't, he doesn't consider himself a demigod. No. 
He's just Clark. Yeah. But in this movie, you're right. Yeah. Like in uh, the Justice League cartoon, you know, he goes back home for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he brings the Flash with him, and they're like having Christmas. I don't think he know, doesn't. He doesn't live in the Fortress of Solitude. No, he doesn't. He goes back home to the farm. Yeah. It's it just doesn't you know it's not Superman. They tried to to Batmanize Superman. Yeah. They think every superhero needs to be this brooding mess. Well, needs to have that conflict. Yeah. You know, we got to have you know Batman's the dark one and Superman's yeah. the light one, Super- and they balance it out. But Superman is not that conflicted. He's not. He knows who he is. Yeah. And he he considers himself an Earthling. Yeah. He's Earth's protector. Exactly. Yeah. I just I didn't get that vibe. I know? still I still you know I'm still all in on Cabo. He did a great job for what he had. Still all in. Yeah. yeah, I like him a lot as an actor. I am, you know, I'm he- I'm I'm heterosexual, but that dude's that dude's hot. <laughs> that dude is cut. He is uh, fit. That dude is a handsome man. He well, you know, let's not get carried away. Uh, he is fit though. <laughs> I would love. I, I think <laughs> he'd be a great choice for James Bond. When uh, yeah, when Craig's absolutely, done, absolutely. When Craig is done. He's not in the running. He might be. I don't know. He, after yeah. Superman, he might not he, want he to make commit a, to a franchise again. He, he make a killer Bond. Yeah, I think he is out as Superman. Yeah. He said many oh, times he's damn, done. That's a shame. He's committed to that Witcher show on Netflix now. That is a good show. I love that show. Haven't checked it out yet. Uh, that is a damn shame though, because I'm, I'm definitely all in on Cavill as, as Superman. Yeah. Uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Well, uh, come on now. <laughs> she's great. Yeah, uh, I don't think we need to discuss this because she's it. She's the most successful thing to come out of this whole hey, franchise. As sexy as, what's her name? Laura. Linda Carter? Yes. Okay. Super sexy, both of them. Right on. Uh, and tough as nails. I buy it. Yeah, I definitely buy she it. She beat my ass. She's awesome. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, can't relay how cool the scene in the bank was. <laughs> yeah. Where she said, you know, and, and she shows, she shows, she's, she's, she wants to save everyone. Yeah. Whether they're kids, whether it's, the Atlanteans, whether it's the entire world. She wants to save everyone. Not just that, but after she saves them, there's that one little girl who's yeah. having trouble yeah. like coping, and she yeah. goes there and is like, hey, everything's yeah. fine. She wants yeah. everybody to be okay. Yeah, everyone, no matter who you are. Yeah, she's a hero, straight up. She wants to save you know, every yeah. 20th person in line to get shot by a terrorist or the entire world. Yeah. Super honorable. Uh, I would have liked, w- liked more of that. Yeah. You know? I'm, but, but I feel like this movie you know, plays like it's established who these people are, so we don't need to... Well, with Wonder Woman, we she's the only one who really was established. We got her movie well, yeah. before we got Justice League. That's true. And I hate that they dropped the ball on Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. I'm all in, though, with Gal Gadot. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, fantastic. How badass was it that she got the kill? Yeah. That she just, you know, yeah, cut off that cool, bastard's cool head. shit. Jesus. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh. Yeah, she killed it. Ezra Miller is Man, the Flash. Man, you know, this guy annoys me a little bit. <laughs> Fair enough. Um... I haven't. Hey, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't think he's a great Flash. I kind of want to say he's trying too hard, but that's part of the character. That's true. Barry Allen's uh, awkward. I, I like. I like. You know. I like. What's his name? Brian Austin Green. Whatever his name was. The TV guy. Yeah. Grant Gustin. Something like that. Yeah. Love that. Uh, he might be even too harsh on Ezra Miller. He, uh, I don't think we're being harsh enough. I think that... You he know, did provide some good levity. After seeing that video of him choking a fan out... That's fucked I just, up. I think it's weird that he wasn't, yeah. you know... There were no penalties for that. Yeah. I, I don't like him in the Fantastic Beast movie. I think as the Flash, he is overcompensating for humor. A little bit. And I think they could have gone... I think they could have done better. <sighs> I don't know. I, I don't have I any, go back and forth. I go back and forth. Sometimes it's levity. Sometimes it's, uh, his presence is... I feel it's a little overbearing. I thought it was neat he got to have a time travel moment. But then sometimes... 
you know, his levity uh, plays really well. Mm-hmm. And you're right. He is the Flash of the time paradox. You know, the Flash paradox. He's integral to the entire story. True. Uh, so I like seeing him older with a beard. Yeah. I don't know. Because he didn't say anything. Yeah. Well, he's still, you know, set to helm, um, to head up yeah. the Flash movie. I don't know. I don't, I, I, sometimes it's too much. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just enough. Maybe it's just the way I feel that particular day. I don't know. I, I agree. I, I don't know. There's a, the Flash is a character that's great in small doses. Yeah. Uh, I think on the show, I think they made him too much of a brooding sad sack, just like well, everybody else. He had a lot of shit go down then. Yeah, but the thing about these heroes is they don't, you know, they 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 mourn, but they don't let it fester because uh, they have to be the bright spot. They should a little bit more because uh, it makes them more fully developed characters. Yeah, well, we'll see. Ray Fisher, cyborg, oh, phenomenal. <laughs> to me, he's he to me he's the bright fucking shining star of this whole thing. Yeah, he is. Uh, I was really impressed with his acting. His acting and his whole, like, the way they explain his powers yeah. made him sound so interesting. He was omnipotent. Yeah. You know, omniscient. He was fucking, he was a god in, yeah. in, in the cyber world. He's the god of technology. He is. And it, when the fucking Whedon cut, they did even barely scrape the surface of that. Yeah. When he is, when he is integral to the entire plot of, of, of the Snyder Cut. Yeah. I mean, you know, half the movie's about his relationship with his father. Yeah. And, well, his, you know, his, his powers. Yeah. And I just felt, you know, Ray Fisher was, uh, damn, he was a phenomenal actor. He was good. He was really, really good. Really good. Really emotive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he was, all he had to work with was his face because everything would, be, would have been green screen. Yeah, not even all of his face. Half his yeah, face. Yeah, half his face. <laughs> and so, you know, his emotive, uh, his range was just fantastic. Criminal that all that scene, all that stuff was cut. Yeah. Because I really feel he was, you know, a huge part of 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 of, Snyder, of the center cut. Well, his reaction to when he like when his dad dies, <sighs> yeah, just his like the way he you can feel him kind of calming his rage and wanting to react, yeah. but not you believe it emotively. I mean, he was a, a phenomenal actor. Yeah, uh, well done. I I, I I would like to see him in other things. Yeah, me too. Unfortunately, you know, because of the way this all happened, a lot of studios might be afraid to hire yeah, him now because he because he because he fucking you know yeah he call people out yeah. As much but, as but goddamn, that dude, phenomenal actor. Jason Momoa, Aquaman. Yeah, hey, he's good. <laughs> I I liked Aquaman, the 2018 movie. I thought it was cool. I loved Patrick Wilson as Ocean Master. I thought he was cool. I haven't seen it. It's not bad. It's I, I would go as far to say it's good. Okay. Uh, Black Manta was badass. Oh yeah, he was Black Manta. Uh, I don't know his I don't know his name, but he's he's the guy who's in the new Candyman. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, he was in Trial of the Chicago 7. All right. He's he's big stuff right now. Yeah, it's on my list. Yeah, it's good, yeah. uh, but I thought this movie did a great job setting that movie up. Mm. We got none of that in the Whedon Cut. We got a little bit with Mira. Nothing. No Defoe. Defoe How about cut. Defoe? How are you going to... Okay, so Snyder, Snyder Cut has Defoe. Yes. How are you going to cut an actor like Willem Defoe out of your film? I don't... It's rude. What? <laughs> you already paid him. What the fuck, Whedon? Yeah. Well, he's there to establish who Aquaman is at this time. He's good God, man. You know, the it's lost... Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Dafoe is, you know, Aquaman's mentor. Yeah. Tells him, you know, you need to take your right crucial, place. crucial to the plot. King Orm is going to ruin Atlantis. We need a leader. I, I'm just offended that you're going to cut an actor like Willem Dafoe. Yeah. He's there. You already paid him. Dafoe's the man. You already paid him. He's already been paid. <laughs> you know, he's already acted. You got the footage there. Yeah. And and you're not going to put it in your phone. I don't get it. Well, we've clearly learned that Whedon is an, an egotistical kind of 
dictator on his and sets. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> well, we got full Dafoe in Aquaman. Yeah, uh, well, I didn't see Aquaman. So. What's great? Full Dafoe. Cool. Also got Dolph Lundgren as King Nereus. What? Get out of here. He's pretty bitching. Dolph Lundgren? Dolph Lundgren's the, like the king of Holy one of the regions shit. of Atlantis. I'm just hearing about this now? <laughs> I yeah. love Dolph Lundgren. He's coming back for part two. Yeah, I love it in The Punisher. I know The Punisher, original The Punisher film with Luke Gossett Jr. and, and uh, gets a bad rap. It is a great film. I haven't right? seen it. Okay, well, you know, I got that on DVD, but I can watch it. Yeah. Um, but hey, it's a great film. Anyway, it gets a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird. You got Willem Dafoe living in a sewer. Uh, and there's no, uh, he doesn't have his, uh, what's, it, what's his guy? Micro? Yeah. It's kind of him, just psychopathic, living in the sewer, killing everybody. But damn it, it's a great film. Does he do the skull shirt? No, I guess ah! Yeah, I know, I know. That's criminal. But it's still a good movie. Ah, it's like having a Batman movie without the bat suit. <sighs> it, it, gets, it gets a bad rap. <laughs> uh, well, Momoa, I thought, is, you know, he's badass. Yeah. He's sexy man. Great way to do Aquaman. I love this, you know, this new kind of angry king mm-hmm. Aquaman that's been yeah. established in like the 90s. I'm waiting for him to lose the hands when he has the hook. Yeah. That'll happen. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hey, man. You know, nothing. You can't complain about Momo. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Irons is Alfred. S- solid. Yeah. Interesting choice. I think wasted in Batman v Superman. Mm. Gets some time to shine in this one. But never really feels like, you know, Alfred the butler. More like Alfred. Like, Alfred's like, stepfather. Feels like micro, really, more than anybody uh, else. Uh, with a more emotional attachment, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, he cares about Bruce. Yeah. Wayne. Don't get the vibe that Bruce cares about him very much. Oh, he doesn't. I know he does. I got but it though. Affleck, I didn't. I didn't get it. I got it. I, I saw. I saw that. I got that. Okay. I mean that scene where he goes, uh, uh, where he invites the, the entire team back to the, to the cave. Uh, he's like, "This is who I work for." Oh and yeah, that, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. This is who. That I was work a hint for. of you know. That was cute. That was cute. God, we needed a, an Affleck Batman movie. We needed an establishment movie yeah. for Batman. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Kieran Hines, Steppenwolf. Well. Love, uh, I definitely like Stephen Wolf this uh, much better this this uh, turn around. Definitely, he's he's creepy. His voice is much scarier. <laughs> Kieran Hines is an actor who's been in so many. Wow, stuff. He looks so much better. Yeah, he looks great. He yeah. looks. I don't know why the hell Whedon redesigned him to look like you know, a half rendered Thanos. I don't know yeah, why they did looked, that. He was just shiny. Yeah, he was shiny. He was shiny all the time. But in this movie, like he's vicious. He's dangerous. Yeah, well, you understand his motivation. Yeah, like. He wants to go home. He just He's not just there to conquer because he gets fucking hard on for conquering planets. No. He's doing it because he's, you know, he's over there working for his boss. His boss is... To his, redeem himself. His nephew, by the way. Because he fucked up. Darkseid's his nephew. Oh, I is he? I didn't know I that. found that out, yeah. Oh, shit. Steppenwolf's his, his, uh, his uncle, <laughs> who he's enslaved. But we understand his motivation. <laughs> yeah. His motivation, his whole arc, is about redemption. Redemption for evil, which is cool. Right. Not just because he fucking, you know, just like... He owes Darkseid like 100,000 yeah. worlds for his transgressions. Right. That's that's awesome. So, um, definitely enjoyed Seven Wolf yeah. much more this time around. His conversations with Desaad are seem crucial to understanding yeah. who he is. How do you cut that out? I don't... God damn it. What the fuck was he doing? I don't know. It's it's so easy to did make someone, this work. Did someone pay him to torpedo this movie? Maybe. Uh, just an allegation. <laughs> uh, not trying to get sued. <laughs> Speculation is perfectly legal. First Amendment. <laughs> Amy Adams, Lois Lane. Yeah, you know she's cool. I love Amy Adams. She, had a, she was, uh, you know, uh, good acting. I love Amy Adams as an actress. I think she was miscast as Lois Lane. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I just don't buy it. <laughs> I feel like Lois Lane is more optimistic and more useful. Like she's Superman's partner. Yeah, and she's a brunette. 
<laughs> I mean, if we're yeah, if we're gonna get down to the nitty gritty, <laughs> that too. But yeah, you know, she was. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a lot to say about Amy, Amy Adams. Yeah. Okay. Competent. Yeah. Uh, Diane Lane, Martha Kent. Oh, perfectly fine. All in. Yeah. Diane all Lane's in. great. I bought it. Mm-hmm. I thought Costner as Jonathan Kent was great casting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were great together. Who's stupid? Don't risk your life to save me, so don't go fucking <laughs> save these people out of this hurt. Yeah, one hand, like, uh, you just stay over here and watch know, me die. Superman can go the speed the of light. Nobody would have fucking right? seen it. Just stay here, son. God. Let me die. A heart attack makes sense because you can't save him. Yeah, of you course. Can't, it's Superman being powerless to save someone he loves and realizing Which that he can't save everyone. The, the first Superman. Yeah. Oh, Reeve, yeah. That's what, that makes sense for the character. That's the comic book. Yes. Not, I'm a, you know, just stay here so I go fucking run into this bridge during a tornado <laughs> and just watch. Damn it. J.K. Simmons, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. yeah. I prefer... Uh, Oldman? Yes. Yeah. J.K. Simmons for me is always fucking... Uh, uh, Whiplash? No, Spider-Man. Oh, Jameson? Yes. Well, we're getting more of him. Oh, cool. Yeah. For uh, me, for me, J.K. Simmons is, is, is a fucking... Uh, what's the name again? Jameson? Yes. Yeah, of course. J. J. Jonah Jameson. That always. Was, that was always. fantastic. Always. I think Commissioner. I think uh, Gordon's an interesting choice for J.K. Simmons to take. Yeah. I think he was kind of wasted. Yeah. Uh, you know, another Oscar-winning actor who's kind of sidelined. Didn't have much to do. But you give, you know, you have an Affleck-centric Batman movie, and you give yeah. Simmons something to work with. I really would love to see Oldman. It's not going to happen, but yeah. I'm always when it comes to Commissioner Gordon, I'm an old school Pat Hingle fan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I love the Burton film and the Schumacher <laughs> films to an extent. Those are my uh, Batman movies. I grew up with those. Yeah. I skipped school to watch uh, uh, the first Batman. Really? Well, we were uh, so we lived in Germany. Yeah. And uh, we skipped school to go to a German movie theater in downtown Heidelberg, uh, and it was playing in English because you know mm-hmm. uh, I was great. Eighty nine. I skipped school to see the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. <laughs> History repeats itself. It's so great. <laughs> Joe Morton, Silas Stone. Huh. Love Joe Morton. Can I mean, remind me again? Who's that? He's um, Cyborg's dad. Oh, okay. Yes, typecast. Yeah, typecast as scientist playing yeah. with forces beyond yeah. his control. You know, hey, Miles okay. Dyson, T two. I'm cool with it. Uh, yeah, perfect. Why not? I like. He actually, you know, his character makes sense in yeah. this one. He sacrifices himself to lead. His, and I believed it. Yeah, I believed it. You felt, you know, he. You felt, you know, that he really did love his son, and he wanted to sacrifice himself. For he his gave son. everything. He gave to everything. His son. Gave everything. Gave everything. I'm full in. Full in. Yeah, one hundred percent. All in. Amber Heard is Mira. Uh, I I hate this woman with a passion, so I'll I'll leave out of this one. I'm not sure. She looks like uh, every other white actress to me, so I'm not really sure who she is. She's the one who fucked up for Johnny Depp. I know that, but I don't know what she looks like. Yeah, I don't know why she's doing a fake British accent either. She was in this movie. Yeah, she's Mira, Aquaman's future girl. Oh. Oh, that's too bad. She's really cute. <laughs> I I think they can do better. I think there's a rumor she's been fired from Aquaman too, but that's not really being confirmed by anybody. Mm-hmm. But it's not being denied either. Oh. So I hope she's yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah, she's alright. Defoe. Damn it. That's Volko. <laughs> we went we went over this. Yeah, we've been we've been through this. How are you not going to have you have already paid for him? He's already said the words. You know, as much as I do love the finale of this film, I think it would have been really cool. If the Amazons and the Atlanteans showed up out of nowhere, we're like, we're gonna back you up and stop this motherfucker. Yeah, really that would have been cool. Felt like we were going in that direction. Yeah, I did feel that way. Yeah. Uh, Ray Porter as Dark Side. Dark Side is awesome. Yes. Don't know how much about Ray Porter it was because it was pretty CG. Yeah. You know, well, he's the voice. Yeah. It was. It was still cool as shit yeah. though. 
Mm-hmm. Just to see Darkseid. Just to see Darkseid yeah. was awesome. Yeah. And, and yeah, he was bad. And he felt like you felt the weight of this oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, he, you felt like Darkseid was yeah. going to come through there and take over the world. There's a moment where, you know, at the end when Steppenwolf gets killed and Darkseid just crushes his head. Oh, yeah. And he connects eyes with Superman. Yeah. And you got this badass. vibe of, like, I'm coming for yeah, you. That was cool And shit. they're both thinking it. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> that was cool as shit. <laughs> oh, we're yeah. never going to get that oh, movie. I just fucking Darkseid was great. Yeah. I thought Ray Porter for being a relative unknown, decent voice work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. I'd love to see him do Darkseid again in yeah. a fully, like, in a full movie. Who did, who did the voice of Darkseid in the uh, cartoons? Michael Ironside. Oh, Michael Ironside. Oh, and shit. And he was, mm. oh, why did they have him do it? I don't know. He was the I best. I love Michael Ironside, man. He was the best. He's a badass. Fucking Ratchet yeah, as Darkseid. Yeah, he's fucking great. Oh, man. And I think in the Apocalypse War movie, it was Tony Todd. Oh, was it Tony Todd? Yeah. Candyman? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. <laughs> Uh, Harry Lennox as Martian Manhunter. Uh, too little, yeah. too late. I know. Well, it's never too late. Well, I like the idea that too little. Lennox, who's playing this general through mm-hmm. well, he was two, he was Martian Manhunter the whole the time. The entire time. John Jones yeah, has been overseeing this whole thing. Never popped out to help Superman fight Zod yeah. or Doomsday. You but. know, I wonder why they didn't go, because, you know, John, because Martian Manhunter was, was part of the original Justice League. Yeah, he was part of the lineup. So I wonder why they didn't do that. I don't know. Well, then we wouldn't have gotten Cyborg. Cyber was cool. Yeah. And then finally, Jared Leto is the Joker. Uh, you know, I like it. I dig it. I'm going to add in one more. Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. Ugh, terrible. Yeah, t- I think the worst mistake they ever made. Garbage. And that's saying something. I don't know who the hell thought that was a good trash, idea. Trash, trash, I mean, he would have made like a great Riddler, maybe. Yeah. He would have made a mediocre Riddler. He would have been great if he wasn't in any of it. So uh, <laughs> that's what I prefer. Yeah, I agree. Uh, come on, you follow, you follow in Gene Hackman's foot, footsteps? Yeah, I thought even, you know, Spacey was all right. Uh, Yeah, you know, it was all right. My favorite to date has been John Cryer on Uh, Supergirl. He was phenomenal. You're right, you're right. Michael Rosenbaum on Smallville, great. Luther has been great. Honestly, my my all-time favorite is Clancy Brown. (sighs) Eisenberg was just just, just always hamming it up. Yeah, Lex Luthor's not that kind of bad guy. Too much, too much. Lex Luthor is... Is subtle. Is subtle, yeah. He's, you know, the billionaire who you believe could defeat Superman. And I love their whole, you know, he hates that, you know, God has power and he doesn't. Yeah. And, and well, the, the, the root of his, uh, his pathology is, is jealousy. Yeah. Straight up. You know, the root of his evil is his inferiority complex. He wants to be Superman. To Superman. It's perfect. That's and, not what you do with Eisenberg. No, I've heard, you know, prior to the casting of Eisenberg, Brian Cranston's name was tossed around. Denzel no, Washington's name was tossed around. Either one of those two. Yeah. You go with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> really? Fucking this guy. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, then one more just for kicks. Joe Manganiello is Deathstroke. Uh, it's yeah, brief. I like it. But I thought he would have been good. Yeah. So much potential. Lost. Wait, he wasn't in it? He was in the, the end, like where he goes to talk to Lex, yeah. and Lex is like, I thought hey. that was him. That was Joe Manganiello. Yeah. Uh, Deathstroke's another guy who's yet to really get his due. I thought Manu Bennett was great on Arrow, but I want a big screen Deathstroke. Yeah. So the Snyder Cut has an IMDb score of 8.4, Rotten Tomatoes score of 74%. Way better than the original cut. <laughs> I'll watch it again. Fans seem to adore it, and critics consider it to be a significant step up. I will watch all four hours again. I will, too. It's a great movie. So here's some talking points. Let's talk about some scenes we just really like for the movie. Okay. Um, we get another beer. All right, cool. So I love the opening where Steppenwolf goes to Themyscira and takes on the Amazons. That was kind of lukewarm yeah. in the original. In this one, there's blood, there's violence, well, and you get it. Yeah. They fight back. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And you, you buy it. 
there's no, you know, Steppenwolf's not creepy in like the way he's talking about mother. <laughs> he's just like, I'm here to take this shit. He's like, Dan's like, mother. <laughs> <laughs> what did we just watch? I watched Honest Trailer compared to Buster Bluth from Rush to Develops, right? <laughs> God. But these guys, you know, that's a great way to establish Steppenwolf as a legit yeah. villain, a legit yeah. presence you should be afraid yeah, of. Yeah, he was, he was threatening. He was threatening. He was very threatening. Yeah. Um, I bought it. I did too. I bought it. Uh, the scene where Batman uh, tries to recruit Aquaman, there's this weird like Icelandic singing that happens. I don't really know what that was all about. <laughs> yeah, that, was that was weird. I, that just was wanted to, weird. I just wanted to mention that. I mean, it, it kind of worked. Yeah. It was weird though. Uh, so the, You know what we never got what? was that scene with Batman fighting the parademons. We didn't. Yeah, the opening was completely different. Yeah, that we, was we never got that at all. Well, that was that, and also Danny Elfman scored the original cut, and he added the Batman theme from the 80s and That's the right. Superman theme from the 70s, That's and all right. that was gone. All that was gone. All yeah. that was gone. All that was all Whedon. Which, I feel like it would have been distracting in the center cut. Yeah, I agree. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the opening with Superman being interviewed for some kid's podcast, where he's like, you know, yeah. all that hope is gone. like your keys, all that shit. That's all gone. All that was gone. The, the whip flutter. I don't know. <laughs> um, the big battle scene where we meet Darkseid is so much bigger than the original. So in the beginning. Yeah. Where it's just Steppenwolf. Or Wonder Woman's kind of telling Batman, like, this is what we're up against. The prologue. When you have Ares and, and Zeus. Well, that wasn't prologue. That was, like, in the middle of the movie where Wonder Woman finds, like, the secret r- room and is, like, telling Batman, this is the guy. Well, okay, it wasn't technically a prologue, yeah. but it was, you know, so, yeah. That Flashback. was bad as shit. That, that was, was so great. fucking cool. That was awesome. When uh when uh fucking Ares took the giant axe to Darkseid's shoulder, <laughs> holy shit, man, that was crazy. That was cool. Seeing Ares and Zeus take on nah, Darkseid was, cool was not. That was cool as shit. <laughs> that was cool. Ah, the Green Lantern flying around. Yes, that was. Darkseid awesome. like rips off the ring and yeah. crushes it. Yeah, that was cool. Good God, man. Yeah, that was a phenomenal. Fu- that was that was a great scene. Just the guy jumps off a ship. Why and, would like, you not have it in your movie, Joss Whedon? <laughs> God, what a waste. It's like he wanted this movie to fail. It was so... He might have wanted it to fail. Allegedly. I said might have. <laughs> um, but I don't... Yeah, I just don't get how he could cut that. Uh, seeing Darkseid... man? Darkseid being, like, dragged away by his people with a gaping axe wound in his shoulder it's passing like, out. It's like he got all the wackest parts of the movie and he, and he, and he fucking made a movie around those. I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain it. I don't either. He was too busy. Well, I'm not gonna say that. Ooh, uh, harassing people. Ooh, harassing women. Well, I've already talked. Allegedly, ta- <laughs> I've already talked about how much I love the use of Wonder Woman's theme in pivotal moments. Phenomenal. Where she shows up and starts kicking Phenomenal. ass. Phenomenal. That was great. Like when Steppenwolf, like when they really, really evoked a lot of emotion. Yeah. In me, as a you know, as a as a as yeah. a you know viewer. Chills. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh shit. Yeah, it was really here, cool. here she is. It's like holy shit, and she was bad as hell. Yeah. Like in the in the um. The sewers when Steppenwolf kidnaps all the scientists and she tells he tells Wonder Woman like your sister's begged for death or something. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm yeah. coming for you. The theme kicks in and she just rushes. What'd she say? What'd she say you are a liar. Yeah, and just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit. Steppenwolf tried to play. Tried to play mind games. We get like three of those moments. And in she this wasn't movie. having it. Oh no, she was not having oh, it. Oh no. <laughs> One thing I did wish was in this was there's a scene in the original cut where the Flash admits to Batman like I've never. I never fought bad guys. I've never saved. Like I don't know what to do. Right, right. And Batman tells him save one, save yeah, one person. Yeah. yeah, that was not in the other one. Right? I th- no, it, was, it wasn't in the Snyder cut. Which was, I think was important for uh, you know Flash's development. Yeah, and he he clearly views Batman as a mentor. Yes, 
and I, I would like I would like a little bit more of that. Me too. I would like that. I, yeah. I would like that scene included in the film uh, because it, it definitely shows his growth. Yes. You yes. Know? It, it de- Batman's mentorship. Mm-hmm. You know, to save one life. Yeah. At a time. Yeah. You know? Exactly. It's great advice for yeah. a novice superhero. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So Wonder Woman versus Steppenwolf is a badass fight scene. Um. I think we should have gotten at least two more Superman movies before we got Batman versus Superman. Oh, easily, easily. We needed to get to know Superman before we well, care about his know, death. We got the one, and then he died. Yeah, exactly. And he died in a really stupid way. Fucking Doomsday. I, but Death by Doomsday should have been so much more epic. Yeah. I mean, that's well, his big comic book death. It was already epic in the fucking cartoon. Yeah. In the fucking comic, and they didn't follow it. <sighs> it's all there. Why do you have to deviate I don't know. from the history that is already there for you? It's a roadmap. Straight up, it's a roadmap. Yeah. They fucking do this every time. They do. And also, if we're following the comic book, Doomsday ain't dead. No. He's coming back immune to kryptonite. Right. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. He's invincible. That's You can't just stab him and walk away. And Doomsday's uh, way uh, bigger right. threat than they established in the film. Yes, yes, he is. Ah. But I do like, you know, using the mother box to resurrect Superman I yeah. thought was cooler yeah. in, the, in the Snyder Cut. Made sense. Made sense. Um, his emer- emergence and, you know, them kind of fighting him mm-hmm. off. I love that they kept in that bit where the Flash is like oh, running. And that was Super- great. Superman just looks at him like, oh my God. <laughs> Superman side-eyes him. That was nuts. Well, that, that, gave me, that gave me like little minor chills. That's one of, my, that's one of the yeah. coolest moments like, of the movie. Cool shit. I'm so glad they kept that. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> um, Superman emerges, you know, no shirt but pants. Right. And, um, dress pants. Yeah, dress, buried Superman in. in dress pants and chest hair. It's weird. Um, I didn't see. I didn't even see him wear a belt either. <laughs> I keep the pants up. I, <laughs> I don't know. He's just so buff. It would have been weird if Superman just dropped trow in the sky. His hip flexors are so buff. He just held the pants up through fighting and everything. It's truth, justice in the American way. That's what holds up the pants. He's wearing what's your pants called? Uh, Dunbar's Duluth. Duluth. He's wearing Duluth. <laughs> oh. um, I kind of wish. This was in the original cut uh, when Superman sees Batman. He rushes him, grabs him by the head, and says, like, I remember you. And, like, asks him the, the question, Batman asks him, do you believe? That was in the original cut? Yeah, that wasn't in the Snyder I remember cut. that. I thought that was cool, where he's uh-huh. like, I'm going to mess you up. Superman, like, crushing Batman's head and being like, I am going to kill oh, you. Oh, well, yeah. Why wasn't that the uh, Snyder cut? I don't know. We get a bit of that where he just laser beams Batman. I would like to see more of that cognitive, you know, developing awareness. Yeah. You know, as his memory comes back. Instead, he just kind of disappears for a while. Yeah, goes to the farm. Yeah, and then, you know, we don't see him for a while, and then there's, you know, everybody's fighting, and he comes we, back. It's, so, in Batman v Superman, Batman spends that entire movie determined to kill Superman. Right. Just because he might one day turn yeah. against humanity. But they have the same, their moms have the same name. Suddenly, yeah. Batman's like, you are clearly a hero, yeah. and I will die for you. Like, yeah. It is immediately. Well, you know, we gotta, oh, come on. They don't know each other. They don't. And then they meet each other and then they're best friends. In Snyder Cut, like in Justice League, Batman's treating him like he's been fighting with him for years. Yeah. It's not, they don't even know each other. They've known each other for like fucking a week. They've talked maybe twice. Right. <laughs> and then they're best friends. It doesn't work. You're, you saved the world. Yeah. I love you, Superman. Oh, God. Stupid. Whatever. Yeah. I don't, mm. I'll overlook it. It's, you know. I love seeing the black suit. I thought yeah, that was really cool. Was cool shit. Him going back to the ship and hearing both his father's voices kind of telling him yeah. what he should do. Yeah. Jor-El and Jonathan, that was great. I could use more of that. I could use more of, of Superman's motivation instead mm-hmm. of just coming back from the dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's okay. Yeah, there's a lot going on. 
Well, just, you know, a, a god wandering around with amnesia yeah. is an interesting concept. Also, just remember, you know, oh, you said yes, just remember some, you know? <laughs> I don't remember the, you know, the superhero who stabbed me, but I remember the woman I kind of loved. And they were cool. I'm just going to, you know, he just stabbed me in the chest and would show up and a secret lair and be cool. Yeah. You know? Superman's just like, what do we got? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he said you'd show up. Although it is badass to see Superman show up and take Steppenwolf's axe to the chest and be like, not impressed. That is cool. And then just blast yeah. the axe. He does come off like a... Uh, so there is, you know, there is a whole Jesus resurrection metaphor. Mm-hmm. That happens. Yeah. You know, when he goes, when he's in the atmosphere. Yeah. Which was cool mm-hmm. from a comic point of view. But he does come back super omnipotent and all-powerful. And it's like, there isn't really... Uh, like, do we need the rest of the Justice League? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When Superman shows up, like, oh, it's over. It's cool now. It is that vibe. Yeah. Like, they're... They... Like, he, like, more powerful than when he died. Yeah. Like, he comes somehow... It feels like he comes back more powerful than when he fucking uh, was killed. He's like a Saiyan. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, hey. Well, the thing is, you know, that's... Again, that comes back to my fundamental problem with Superman in these movies, yeah. is he's... He's too powerful. Well, He's too much of a god. We talked about this the other day. Yeah. So in the 90s, like, okay. So Jim Shooter, uh, uh, the name escapes me, the guy. Anyways, in the 90s, there was a point where Superman was moving planets. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd literally fly and move a planet out of its orbit. Yeah. You know? Like, he became so goddamn powerful that they had to kill him off. And that's where the whole death of Superman, you know, uh, storyline comes in. Because he was so powerful. He was moving planets. Yeah. Uh, traveling back in time, you know, by, uh, you know, uh, flying at the speed of light against the, the rotation of the earth, blah, 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 blah. He's going back in time. Um, yeah, so I feel like we got some of that. Like, he shows up. There's no threat anymore. Yeah. Superman's here. Like, I feel like he could just, you know, snap Darkseid's neck and it's over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, why did he do that? He bitch slapped Steppenwolf so hard. Yeah. There's no fight. <sighs> There's no, and it was kind of the way I feel it was, like the stakes get lower when he shows up. They do, they do. But it's okay because that's what we wanted. He's a Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. But it's okay because that's what I wanted. That's not what I wanted. Well, I want a flawed Superman. Well, yeah. I want to hear. Like I thought the the Superman in the Justice League cartoon was perfect. He was super strong, but he held himself back. He was still he, vulnerable. He didn't want to hurt. You know, he knew. Well, he, the Superman in the Justice League cartoon, mm-hmm. he 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 had to wear a mask going into the into outer space. Yeah. Like he had to breathe air, oxygen. He was a team leader, but he needed a team. Yeah, but he also was not invulnerable. When he went into outer space, he had to wear an oxygen mask. He got, you know, he got pretty, you know, Joker bitch slapped him a couple times. Like right. it, it, got, yeah. it got weird. I love when Amazo shows up and wipes the floor with everybody just to find out from Lex Luthor, like, who am I? That was a great episode. Like, to see him just whack Superman across the, yeah. the city. And, mm, I don't know, I just... There was a there's Superman's such an interesting character to to adapt because you have to find this middle ground of like he's the most powerful being on earth but he's also but he can't always be the most powerful yeah. being on earth because then you have a boring fucking comic book exactly yeah mm. he is a leader he's a leader so I like I like uh, the, the Justice League you know the, uh, cartoons approach like I said he had to wear an oxygen mask so he was still vulnerable uh, you know he still, he still had to breathe oxygen and nitrogen yeah. You know, so he still had he still had that vulnerability about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Martian Manhunter, it was love cool. it. Really cool to see him. Was not expecting that. I wanted more. That was cool. Uh, I loved Harry Lennox. You know, got to do that. Uh, definitely teasing him for the potential sequel that we won't get. Uh, but you know, I 
I love. He's my favorite part of the. I always love Martian Manhunter, man. Yeah, he's my favorite part of the Supergirl show. Uh, David Harwood yeah. plays him yeah. so well. Well, you know, uh, growing up reading, you know, Justice just the Justice League comic books, Martian Manhunter was always one of my favorite characters. Oh, he's the man. He, just as powerful as Superman, mm-hmm. uh, but more vulnerable because of where he came from, Mars. You know, Mars and his dead planet. Yeah. You know, all these people dying. So we always have this. Uh, air of vulnerability about him, emotional vulnerability, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, I just I, I thought he was just a great character. He's a great character. You know, uh, it's no secret that you know uh, he's based on the character of Robert Heinlein's book, Stranger in a Strange World. You know, yeah. the sci-fi book, The Last mm-hmm. Martian. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, I always love that 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 character, the Last Martian, the last of his people. Yeah. You know, and he's here on Earth. And he has this 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 vulnerability about him that that you know Superman the last of the Krypton doesn't, yeah. You know, it's like Marsh John Jones Marshman are always walking around damaged because he lost his family, he lost his children, he lost everything. Actually, but, if you think about it, all the Justice League members are exactly that story. I mean, you know, Aquaman was left on his you know betr- like abandoned by his mother. The Flash, his father went to prison for killing his mother. Yeah. Wonder Woman was exiled from her homeland. Yeah. Batman's parents are dead. True. Superman's planet was destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Cyborg's mother was killed in a car accident. And Shit, you put it that way. Fuck, man. They all have ab- like abandonment issues. Yeah, they're <laughs> fucking mess. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and finally, I want to talk about the nightmare sequence. Yes, which was a great little tag on. Uh, Batman kind of leading a small band of rebels comprised of Mira, the Flash, uh, Joker, Joker, and Cyborg. Yeah, you really know what's going on. Yeah, uh, you, you get bits and pieces of the puzzle. You know, you, you got to put it together in your head as to what's going on. Dark Side conquered. Lois Lane was killed. Yeah. Superman lost his mind. She's a key. Took over the world and is now killing everything he can get his hands on, which seems excessive. For Superman, clearly not the most, you know, altogether upstairs if he's immediately turns into a tyrant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love, you know, they just have Joker around. I don't know why. I love Batman's like, and don't, you know, make no mistake, I will fucking kill you. I will kill fucking you. kill you. That was so cool to hear Batman yeah. say that. <laughs> that is the only interaction Batman, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman and Jared Leto's Joker ever had. It was good. Yeah. I really liked it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Definitely, definitely uh, fandom. Oh yeah, definitely for the fans. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I was actually waiting for that the entire movie. Like, me too. When is this shit gonna happen? Snyder's sequel was gonna be the Apocalypse War. I was like, when is this shit gonna happen with fucking Jared Leto? Mm. And it happened at the very end of the film. Yeah. It was, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It was cool. I want more. I want yeah, that. Movie. I definitely wanted more. Wanted more of that. Yeah. I could have watched a six hour cut. Oh yeah, <laughs> easy, easy. Bonkers, crazy. I I enjoyed this a lot. That yeah, was really cool. Ah, uh, any other final thoughts you'd like to bring up? Uh, I just really enjoyed it. Um. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, it was four hours, but it felt like one and a half. Yeah, even with a, uh, taking a break to go eat some barbecue, it felt good to see these characters well rounded as yes. a team doing something. And I got to say, um, my favorite part of, of the center cut was Cyborg. Yeah, straight up, absolutely my favorite part. Uh, I would love to see more, a little more bad, more, a little more Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, I'm okay with fucking Aquaman. Uh, <laughs> I would like to see more Wonder Woman because she's sexy. Uh, but it was, you know, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I will watch it again. As will I. Yeah. I hope they release it on DVD. I hope something comes of this. Yeah, me too. Because I, uh, I believe, uh, you know, Zach Schneider set, set, set a, a path forward 
for a lot of cool things. Yeah. You know? And I badmouthed him a lot on this podcast. You did. On, you talked a lot of shit about Zack Snyder. I have movies. not enjoyed most of his films. Yeah, you but talked he, a lot he, of shit. He he did not drop the ball with, with this movie. I thought, <laughs> yeah, I like this a lot. You talked a lot of smack. I'm... I stand by what I said about Batman, <laughs> Superman, and Sucker Punch. Those were shit films. Um, okay, <laughs> but this was good. And I, if he keeps going in this direction, I'm, I'm sure you know I'll enjoy Army of the Dead yeah. and whatever he's got coming. It was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. And I think the most interesting thing about the Snyder Cut is it's going to set a very interesting precedent for films going it is, forward. It is. It is. Where fans can have you know make a difference and release bigger, better versions of the films they didn't. So. Like. You know, we're going to get to a point possibly where, you know, fans dictate the direction of franchises, mm. which is... I don't a, know about that. Is it a blessing or a curse? Exactly. I, right? I don't know. Because Marvel is doing just fine yeah. with their own plan. Yes. But DC is clearly not... Well, this set a complete, you know, like you said, set in, uh, a completely different precedent. Yeah. Oh, boy. I give the Snyder Cut a nine. It's the Justice League we should have gotten, and it's the ultimate... Fan film apology. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a nine. Yeah, it's been it's phenomenal. Uh-huh. I will be back. I'll sure. definitely watch it again. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening. I hope you had a good time. Hey, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure here hanging out with you guys. Glad you all got to meet my dad. Yeah, well. <laughs> Next week, our subject is the Bob Odenkirk action comedy Nobody, which is getting a theater exclusive release. So odds are I'll be the only one seeing that one. So we may be doing <laughs> a countdown or a draft or something neat as the meat of our episode. I would like to come back for Dune if that ever happens. Oh hell yeah, October <laughs> Dune. Tune in next week to find out what we end up doing. Be sure to check out Jurassic Park on Wednesday's Filmgasm, the 1933 comedy She Done Him Wrong on Oscar Sunday, and whatever the giggle guys are cooking up for Friday. Have a great week, and keep watching movies.